0: So the next part of our series, um, I want to look at wisdom this morning. Um, so this whole series, um, you know, all of these things we're looking at, we're talking about, these are all things you need to have in your locker. It's not like a, oh, I don't like prayer, but I don't mind being wise. Like, it's not a pick and mix. Like, all of these things are for all of us. Um, and it's unto building a healthy root system that we would be fruitful. Fruitfulness is your norm should be the natural result as we live in Jesus and Jesus lives in us. It is for all of us um, as he abides in us. So I want to look this morning at um, wisdom, what it is, how we get it, what the results of it, that kind of thing. Um, and really, if you, want to look, if you want to look into wisdom, you need to get into the book of Proverbs. Um, and for time, I'm going to pick a few bits. Um, there is le- we could do a whole series on wisdom and then um, one day I'd love to. But um, I would encourage you, first, particularly the first four books, but really the whole of Proverbs. Proverbs are a book of wisdom written in large part, not exclusively, but a lot of them written by um, Solomon, David's son. And when Solomon was made king, um, he basically asked God, um, you know, above anything else, give me wisdom to rule these people. Um, and because he asked for that, God gave him a whole load of other stuff as well. But he's, you know, really valued wisdom. And so Proverbs is full of that. Um, so I'm going to pray, and if you want to grab your Bibles, we're going to be in Proverbs, um, and we're going to jump into James later on as well. Um, why don't we pray, and then we'll, we'll look into that. Father, I want to thank you that you're with us. Thank you that you're for us. Thank you that you are, um, you are making us healthy. Thank you that you are building us strong. Thank you, God, that we are developing strong roots. We're seeing fruit, and thank you, God, that there is more to come. Um, so I pray that you can be with us this morning, um, and God, help us to be a wise people. Um, yeah, so Holy Spirit, come help us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, grab your Bibles. Proverbs 2, verses 1 to 7. My son, if you accept my words and you store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. There's loads of passages like this in um, Proverbs. I just wanted to pick um, one. But I wanted to start off with one thing I want to point out to you, is, is notice that there is a promise in the middle of this. There's lots of encouragement and challenge for us, if you turn your ear to wisdom, apply your heart to understanding. If you call out, for instance, there's lots of stuff that we're being encouraged to do, but there is a promise in verse five and six. As we do those things, here's what the Lord's saying. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And I wanted to make sure as we're starting this morning that I'm um, Nobody checks out and thinks, "I am not a wise person, this is not for me um, it is We are all called, encouraged, allowed, and equipped to have wisdom. It is for all of us um, you know we, and we need to have a, a good understanding of what is godly wisdom because it is not intellect it 's not your i q it 's not your academic qualification, so if any of that is sitting in your head, just ditch that. That is not what wisdom is. But I want to start saying that, listen, the promise is simple. If we position ourselves to go after wisdom, God's going to give us wisdom. That's pretty simple, yeah? It's fairly clear from that bit. Proverbs 4, verses 5 to 9. This is quite a simple command. Get wisdom. The end. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you quite like that wisdom's female i shouldn't say that you can all be wise but i do like it do not forget wisdom she will protect you love her and she will watch over you the beginning of wisdom is this get wisdom (laughs) it's brilliant isn't it They love it though it costs you all you have get understanding cherish her and she will exalt you embrace her and she will honor you she will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. It's a beautiful passage. There's three things for me that come through these passages again and again. And again, in the, there's a similar one in Proverbs 1, Proverbs 3, another chunk in Proverbs 9. But there's three things that keep coming through and jump out to me. It's this, the value of wisdom, the pursuit of wisdom, and the rewards of wisdom, and it kind of comes across in different flavors, different ways, but it's there all the time through all these passages. You know, the value of wisdom. It's compared to silver and treasure in that last passage. And though it costs you everything, get it. So it's, it's really, really valuable. Proverbs 3 says, verse 15 says, she is more precious than jewels. Nothing you desire can compare with her. It's like a high, high, high value on wisdom. And I'm not convinced we always value it as highly as we should. You know, we maybe think there are other things that... Um, are more valuable. But the Bible's saying here, listen, nothing compares with wisdom. So it's really, really valuable. It's something we need to pursue. All these, particularly in that first passages, there's, there's things that we need to do. Okay? There's, and we say it again and again, like there's just no space for us being passive Christians. Here I am, Jesus. Come get me if you want me. Come make me wise if you want to. It's, it's us being intentional. Tuning our ear, applying our heart, look for it as for silver, search for it as for hidden treasure. And then we find it, cherish it, embrace it, protect it, get it. Yeah, that's, That is for you to do. I can't do that for you. God's not going to do that for us. We need to do that for ourselves. It's not a passive approach. Wisdom, wisdom isn't something you either have or you don't have. Um, it's, we are consistently urged to go after it. And there is incredible reward. I love that um, second passage we read from Proverbs. It talks about being a garland to our head, that we we'll would be exalted and honored, that we'd have success if we walk in wisdom. Proverbs 3 says, Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. It talks about wisdom being a shield. There is significant protection for us. I don't mean you, but I would like to be protected. I'd like my family protected. I'd like, I would like to walk in God's protection all of my days. Verse 6 um, in that second chapter, in mean chapter four, says, do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. So there's incredible reward. Now, a lot of those things, like to me, that, sound, that sounds like a fruitful life, and that's what this whole series is about, establishing roots in order to be fruitful. So I hope you can see, listen, wisdom has got to be a key part of that. It's highly valuable, requires us to go after it, but is absolutely, totally worth it. It is in your best interest to get wisdom. So what is it? It it isn't intellect. It's not always knowing the answer. Um, It's not being academic or clever. It's not those things. Um, Honestly, I think wisdom looks massively, massively different in different people, in different contexts. It's hugely varied. There's a beautiful verse in Ephesians where Paul's talking in Ephesians 3, verse 10, says this, God's purpose in all this was to use the church, that's you and I, to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly world. So wisdom is very varied. I think we sometimes have a linear view. It's like I know lots of stuff. It's not, that's not necessarily it. Um, God wants to display his rich variety of wisdom through you and I. So that means you being wise will look different sometimes from me being wise. So we've got to have a much broader view of what it was. Think of example... Um, I've been reading the story of Joseph this week and his technical a dream coat. That doesn't actually say that in the Bible. But you know that, Joseph. And, and do you remember the bit where he's in prison and um, he interprets his dreams and uh, they forget about him and then Pharaoh has a dream that no one can interpret. So they remember Joseph, haul him up from the prison and he interprets what God's saying, interprets this dream. Um, amazing godly wisdom, right? We get that bit because we're like, yeah, that's spiritual wisdom. You know, He was able to interpret a dream and you know, prophesy what God was saying. But you remember the next part of, if you read that bit in Genesis, not only does he say this is what the dream means, but he then also boldly says, and by the way, this is what you should do, this is how you should manage these seven coming years of, of abundant crops, and then there's seven years of famine. What you need to do is you need to store up this, and he comes up with this whole management scheme to administer a whole nation through significant drought, and then he, you know, then Pharaoh positions him, and he does administer that to an entire nation and a region, and that practical administration is just as much God's wisdom as his ability to interpret a dream. It's varied, but it's still wisdom. Wisdom is, so, it is really practical. Wisdom is going to look like something, um, but it, it, it's varied. You know, wisdom is very creative. You know, wisdom isn't how you raise your kids. Wisdom is managing your finances. Wisdom might be how you paint, might be how you do your job. Wisdom is varied, and we need to think much broader than just Spiritual wisdom, understanding the Bible and, you know, being able to prophesy and interpret dreams, that's spiritual wisdom. It's not. But Paul says God wants to display his varied, varied wisdom through you and I. So be okay with wisdom looking different. Let's look into James. James 3, verses 13 to 18. and um, this really grounds wisdom for me. Listen, there is, no, you know, wisdom is not, you know, godly spiritual wisdom is not some sort of high highfaluting philosophical kind of floaty things. It really is grounded in how we live. So this is what it says Who is wise and understanding among you? Well, let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. That's a really interesting phrase. You know, wisdom, you, you know, knowing stuff, that easily can lead to us being puffed up and proud. But godly wisdom um, will lead to humility. The outworking of wisdom is that we are super humble. Carrying on, verse 14, but if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, don't boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom, in inverted commas, does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic where you have envy, selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But, verse 17, the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit. That's why we want to look at it in this series. It's impartial and sincere. That verse, verse 17, is a very good benchmark. That is a good check for, actually, am I walking in wisdom? Okay, actually, well, am I walking in purity? Am I peace loving? Am I considerate? Am I submissive? Actually, do I demonstrate mercy? Am I fruitful? That's going to be a marker of if actually, are we walking in wisdom? So it's going to look like something, and he's really, really clear in that beginning. Who is wise and understanding among you? Then let them show it by their good life. It has to have an out. It has to have an outworking And wisdom and walking in integrity and honesty, like you can't separate out those two things. So walking in wisdom looks like something, and it looks like living a good, godly, righteous life. So where do we start? Um, there's a really famous verse, um, Proverbs 9. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if we're wanting to kind of start that journey of of. Being wise, developing knowledge, understanding. The first point is, where we start off is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So that's where we start, this start-off point of the fear of the Lord. We have to be really careful when we hear that phrase, you know, what, what does that actually mean? I'm not going to go into it in depth, but it does not mean being afraid of. It's not talking about being afraid of God. Because it says, doesn't it, that perfect love casts out all fear. So it can't be that. That can't be what it means. Do you know what I think it means? It actually means that we are taking a right position before God, which is simply this. He's God, you're not. And you position yourself before him. Not cowed in fear, but in a right position of awe and submission and worship, because he is sovereign, almighty, creator, perfect God. And I'm just me. So that's what the fear of the Lord is. It's that recognition. And it, but not, you know, scrabbling around in fear, but a right position of awe and respect. And that's a start-off point. So your position before God has to be right. You know, that's the first thing that has to be right um, for us to then walk in wisdom. That right position before the Lord. Um, but then it, it, it moves forward as well. But I, I found this um, brilliant quote from a guy called Skip Moen who... Um, is a theologian who does does a really good website, which kind of does, he looks back at the original Greek and Hebrew and kind of does little word studies on it. I really like it. So I found this quote, he was talking about wisdom, which I think is really helpful. So he says this, We think of wisdom as practical application of intelligent choices. A wise person is someone who understands the complexities of life, has great skill in managing plans, and has sound judgment. But biblical wisdom is about my relationship with God, not my management of the world. Wisdom is God's gift. It's not something I find through training or education. It's about behavior that is pleasing to God. It's knowing and doing what God has in mind. Are you ready to have God's gift of wisdom? It's not a matter of brain power. It's a matter of heart surrender. That's really good, isn't it? Does that help you understand? Like, That's what the fear of the Lord is. It's heart surrender. It's my position before God. It's about knowing and doing what God has in mind. It's about my relationship with God, my position before God, rather than it is about my ability to manage anything else that's going on. That's the start-off point for wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. The wisest thing to do is to know God, hear God, and do what he's saying. That's what wisdom is, simply put. Knowing and doing what God has in mind—that's where it all starts. But you know, I do think it has a practical outworking, and I do think it looks very varied, and I do think it's phenomenally creative. You know, you look at how the human body works, and how you know animals work, and how nature works, and you know that's God's wisdom in demonstration, and it's phenomenal. Um, so it does have an out, but the start-off point is your heart surrendered position before the Lord, and that's the fear of the Lord. Um, I think the practical outworking of wisdom is the fruit, if you like, but the root of it is is that fear of the Lord, um, our heart position before God before it's about anything else. So wisdom is immensely valuable and massively varied. It has a practical outworking. It looks like something, but a start-off point is about your position with the Lord. Um, so we need to be intentional about positioning ourselves right before God, but we need to be intentional as well about going after wisdom and then and recognize that we need to ask for it brilliant verse in James I love James is so straightforward isn't he just like I like it. it does what it says on the tin James 1 verse 5 if any of you lacks wisdom let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him so if you lack wisdom if you are needing wisdom which we all do then just ask So the beginning is the fear of the Lord and then it's asking and it's being intentional about going after it. But that, you know, this isn't a a one-off, you know, respond on a Sunday morning. Like that is a lifestyle of walking in wisdom. Positioning ourselves right before God, asking for wisdom and being intentional to listen for it, tuning our ear to it, leaning into what are you saying, God? What are you asking me to do? What's What's your wisdom in this situation? But be real, be practical. I need to get out of debt. God, what's your wisdom? How do I do that? God, I want to raise these little kids to love you. Give me wisdom. How do I do that? I want to get free from this addiction. God, how do I do that? Give me your wisdom. I need to repair my marriage. Whatever it is, ask for wisdom. I want to be the best teacher I possibly can be. I want to be the best bank manager I can be. Ask for God's wisdom in its rich variety. God wants to demonstrate his immensely varied wisdom to the whole world through you. And so you just need to ask, but be ready to receive it. And no, it's massively varied, so ask, ask, ask. Do you know the other thing I think is really important is, um, is we have to avoid ditches, and we talk about this a lot, um, and with wisdom as much as anything else. We have to guard against two extremes, um, but on the one hand says, my human mind and understanding and reasoning and making sense of things is king. Yeah, if I don't understand it, if it doesn't make sense, it's not God and I'm not doing it. That's on the one hand, yeah, that reason is everything. But the other extreme is that I chuck my brain out and I'm just weird for weird's sake because that's probably more spiritual. The more weird, the probably the more Jesus. No! I mean, we're British, so we're probably not so much. But do you know what? But honestly, have you met people? There is this kind of sense of. It's like that. And that, I don't think that weirdness helps. Honestly, I think weird... Name that film. The smell of your weird is affecting my vocal cords. <laughs> Pitch perfect. Have you not seen it? It's brilliant. But have you ever had someone come with an amazing word from God, but they have some funny habits that you're just like, I don't quite know what this is, but this is weird. And me being quite reserved, quite logical, I like things to make sense. My if instant response is... Like, and I have, I have to push past that because, because actually I know God does an awful lot of stuff sometimes that has completely messed with my head but has profoundly changed my spirit. So I'm okay with that. But, it, we, but being weird for weird's sake isn't wisdom. I guess that's what I'm simply trying to say. So we have these two extremes. One is, is if I don't understand it, it's not God, I'm not doing it. On the other hand is I'm going to chuck my brain out and I'm just not going to think and, that, and that's just, that's not wisdom. Because actually the Bible says, doesn't it, these proverbs saying really, really strongly value wisdom. So just not thinking isn't valuing wisdom simply. So those two extremes aren't okay. Now my suspicion, I could be totally wrong, my, my the risk for me would I would be going into that rational disk, uh, di- ditch, I want it to make sense, I want to understand it, I want it to be logical, because that's kind of how my brain works, um, and that I let almost that be the trump card, my understanding. Um, but Bill Johnson has a brilliant quote, he says, you know, if you want the peace that passes understanding, sometimes you have to give up your right to understand. That, that's wisdom. Um, so uh, for me, that would I'd be, that would be my, uh, my lean would be potentially towards that um, ditch. but it's very possible maybe for some of us to go to the other extreme and you know almost paying a sort of pseudo-spiritual trump card, and actually we're just not thinking, we're not really listening. Um, it's not, we're not asking for, seeking or using godly wisdom in our decisions and in our lives, and that's not good enough, because we're called to really value and really go after wisdom. So, briefly, let's look at those two ditches, how we can avoid them. The first one that, you know, I'm just going to not think, I'm going to chuck my brain out because um, Jesus is after my heart, doesn't care about my... Like, that's just, that's just not it. Um, that's not valuing wisdom, and Proverbs makes it super clear that we should. And also, we're going to miss out on the incredible rewards, that list of protection and long life and honour, all those things that are promised. We're going to miss out on those things if we're not seeking after and applying wisdom. And listen, here's the other thing. Godly wisdom sometimes looks quite reasonable. You know, I think it, it, it doesn't always look foolish. If you look at the, that first passage we looked at, Proverbs 2, verse 7, um, the New Living Translation translates it as this. It talks about God wants to grant a treasure of common sense to the honest. And you think, common sense? That doesn't sound very spiritual. Um, but that's how it, that verse can be translated. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest, um, and in, in throughout Proverbs four, it talks about get understanding. Every time you hear that phrase, the Amplified version translates it like this: it says actively seek spiritual discernment. So yes, it's spiritual, mature comprehension, and logical interpretation. So logic? I'm not sure that's very spiritual. Is that godly wisdom? It seems like that could be a part. And in that passage in James 3, when it's describing the wisdom from heaven, what it looks like, um, again, one of the, other, the English Standard, transver- um, Standard Version translates one of those considerate um, as being open to reason. So the wisdom that comes from heaven should be open to reason. So common sense, logic, open to reason... like, that makes me happy because I'm like, that's how my brain works. But sometimes that's the wisdom of God. So it really isn't a place for saying, chuck your brain out and stop thinking. Sometimes the wisdom of God may be from that treasure of common sense. You know, sometimes you walking in wisdom means you're open to reason. Sometimes. But listen, we cannot have those things as idols. And that would be my leaning. And I think we, you know, we... I guess kind of have to understand that sort of rational thinking and reason, you know, in lots of ways does still remain a God in our day. So while that verse in James is saying, look, godly, godly wisdom is open to reason, it can't be capped by it. Like, it, you're, we're not going to walk in the fullness of the kingdom if we are always limited to what I understand. Like, you're, you, we're just not. Um, so we have to be okay with that. There has to be times when we realise, you know what? The wisdom of God absolutely is going to look like foolishness to others. And I find that much more of a challenge, but it is. It just is. Paul unpacks this an awful lot, and I'm not going to look at it now, but um, if you look in the first three chapters of 1 Corinthians, um, Paul unpacks that an awful lot, this whole tension between the wisdom of God is being wiser than the foolishness of man. And, And listen, the thing is, the good news about Jesus, the gospel, if you think about it, it doesn't make sense. You know, how can you know God in human form, one man, die for all of my sins and all the sins of the world, so that I am forever forgiven and set free and like that doesn't make sense to me. You know, reason and logic it's like that's that's stunning, but my spirit tells you it's absolutely true. A lot of the it, Paul says it. Actually, you know, the gospel, it's foolishness to those who are perishing. But it's the wisdom of God to those who are living. Like it is. Like it doesn't make sense. Um, so we have to be okay with saying, listen, if we always limit ourselves to what I understand and can figure out, we're not going to get as far as we might. And you're not going to have the fullness and the fruitfulness that God's actually intended for you. We I me mean, look really briefly at a couple of brilliant examples of this where you see this kind of tussle between kind of reason and human thinking and actually the wisdom of God on the other. I'm not going to read it, but um, you can make a note of it and have a read of it later. In 2 Kings chapter 5, um, there's a story of Nahum, who's a a general in the army who has leprosy. Um, And he has a young slave girl who's captured from Israel um, and is a young servant. And she says, um, if only my master would see the prophet who's in Samaria, he could cure him of that leprosy. I love that. What boldness from a little girl saying to her this general. Um, so, Naam gets permission. He goes over to Elisha, the prophet, um, and Elisha tells him to wash seven times in the river in Jordan, which Naam is not, he's not impressed with. Naaman says this. So, it's in verse 11. It says, So, Elisha says, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and, um, and you'll be healed. But Naaman went away angry and he said, "Um, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Parpha, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Can't I wash in them and be cleansed? And so he turned and went off in a rage. It's reason and logic kicked in. That was what offended him. So his expectation was, he, he clearly had an expectation that he could be healed, which is a good start, but his expectation was he's going to wave his hand, he's going to call on the name of the Lord, and this is what it's going to look like. What actually was godly wisdom messed with his head. He's like, well, why like that? And why those rivers? You know, why not? We've got much better rivers. So it offended his human thinking, and he literally, so he goes off in a rage, um, and then you see later in the story, his other servants come and sort of persuade him and say, kind of almost, well give it a go, what have you got to lose kind of thing. Um, And he goes in the Jordan seven times and he's healed. But you see this amazing tussle between reason and rational thinking and just what, why would I watch in that dirty, grubby river seven times and why that river rather than, like you can see him sort of processing reason um, and his expectations. Well, this is how God would heal me surely. Um, So he's tussling those things on the one hand and yet the wisdom of God, which requires humility, It required humility of Naaman to listen to his little servant girl and say, okay, yeah, I'll go. To present himself before Elisha, to then submit to his friend saying, come on, give it a go, and to then actually wash in a river seven times. Actually, that required humility. So you see that tussle between reason on the one hand and wisdom, hearing and obeying God's leading on the other. Um, And ultimately, God's wisdom offended and confused his human mind. Um, But Good for him. He was able to step beyond those limitations, his prior expectations, and he was healed. But it makes a difference. Matthew 13 is a story where Jesus is um, in Nazareth and he's been traveling all around. He's been healing people and casting out demons and people are amazed at what he's doing. And then you see this really interesting little section at the end of Matthew 13 where they start talking. Um, and remember, this is, Nazareth is, is his hometown. It's where he's from. So they start saying this, verse 55, isn't that the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? Aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't his sisters with us? Where did this man get all these things? And verse 57 and they took offense at him. And ultimately, it goes on to say that actually, because of that offense, he wasn't able to, there was a a stem, if you like, in the, the flow of the miraculous. So Jesus wasn't able to do many miracles there. But their issue was once their rational mind kicked in, going, well, hang on a minute. So they're seeing the miraculous on the one hand, but then they start thinking, well, hang on a minute. I know this bloke. I know his dad. I know his brothers. Who's he? Rational thinking came in, and stuff stopped. Look at the call of the disciples. Simon, you know, leaving your livelihood to follow a man you've just met, is that sensible, logical, rational, common sense? No, no. Was it the wisdom of God? Absolutely. Sometimes it looks like foolishness. We have to be okay with that. And um, the disciples—it's um, one of my favourite bits. And I know I've talked about it loads before, but humour me. In John six, where Jesus has this long passage where he talks about being the bread of life and having to eat my flesh and drink my blood, and understandably, people are like, "What?" And a lot of people are just like, "I can't cope with that. I'm out of here." And he says to the disciples, "Well, aren't you going anywhere?" And this beautiful passage where Peter says, well, "Where else would we go?" You have the words of of eternal life. Listen, I don't think Peter had any more of an understanding about what Jesus was banging on about than anybody who walked away. I don't think he did. I don't think his mind could possibly understand. We get it, because we know communion, so it's easy for us. I don't think Peter had any more understanding with his mind at that point, but I think his spirit was like, but I know there's life here, and I can't go anywhere else. And so this looks crazy. This sounds crazy, but I'm sticking in that's the wisdom of God. And sometimes, folks, it looks foolish. So we have to be able to walk in wisdom and avoid those ditches. And the only way we can do that is to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. As Skip Moen said, it's knowing and doing what God has in mind. Whether that looks like absolutely reasonable common sense, then do it with your whole heart. Or whether it looks like foolishness. The key is obedience. I've heard you, I'm gonna do that. It's, it's so, so important. Wisdom is knowing where we're at. You know, there's a passage in Ecclesiastics, which, Ecclesiastes where it talks about there's a time for everything, yeah? There's a time to plant, there's a time to uproot, there's a time to tear down, there's a time to build up, time to scatter stones, time to gather them in. Listen, that's not a list of right and wrong. That's a list of different things. Wisdom is knowing well, what time is it. It talks about there's a time to speak, there's a time to be silent. That's a good one to learn, When should I just shut up? Or when should I say something? So wisdom is knowing what time it is and having the humility and the boldness to walk in there. Whether that looks foolish, whether that requires humility, or whether actually that looks perfectly sensible. Um, Wisdom is knowing what time it is. So those things aren't good or bad, they're just different. And it's knowing knowing what, what time it is. And we've talked about this a lot, but where we see these tensions in scripture... On the one hand, wisdom is being open to reason. On the other hand, the wisdom of God may look like foolishness to everyone else. They're tensions. So with every tension, we have to learn to lean. You have to lean into the Holy Spirit and hear, what's he saying to you in this situation right now? Not, what did he say to you last time? Or not, did he say to your friend when they were in a similar situation? Or, what did your favorite prophetic person do? What's he saying to you? Because that's wisdom. Doing what you did last time or what your friend did, that's not necessarily wisdom. That might just be habit or procedure. I think that's why Jesus healed people differently all the time because he knew otherwise we would just jump on. That's the way we do it. You know, and we just spit in everyone's faces. That wouldn't be the wisdom of God. Why that was the wisdom of God in that moment, I don't know. But it was. And so we're so much, I am so much more comfortable with A and B always equals C. I'd love the Christian life to be like that. It'd be so much easier Listen, I'm not talking about moral right and wrong, okay? But walking with the Lord, sometimes, sometimes the wisdom is that money you've saved up for a car, give it all away. Sometimes the wisdom is that money you've saved up for a car, go and buy a car. Like, it's, not, it's wisdom to hear what the Lord's saying to you. And wisdom is going to work out how we walk healthily with, uh, with avoiding those ditches and listen finally that's why those these last two things that when mark looked at and phil looked at the last couple of weeks have to be strong for me to walk in wisdom i have to be rooted in scripture because that has to be my plumb line because you might tell me something the world will tell me something my emotions might tell me something my hormones might tell me something i need to know what does the word of god say otherwise it's going to be wonky we have to be rooted in scripture and we have to have a solid prayer life Wisdom is not going to work out if if really knowing the word and being committed to prayer are not, if they are missing from your root system, you're not going to walk in full wisdom. We have to cultivate a consistent prayer life. Because that's how we hear from God. Well, God, what are you saying? And always testing it against what the word says. And finally, wisdom absolutely requires that you're planted in community. Actually, all these things that we look at in this whole series are only going to be fully worked out in community and we've done a whole series on running together so I, I'm not going to labor that point we've talked a lot about it so I, I hope you, you know that that's a value um but listen I need other people's opinion advice perspective to walk fully in wisdom if you remember Nahum wisdom came to him through a little servant girl and he initially at it because it messed with his head and then he needed his friends alongside him saying come on he wouldn't, I don't think, have received his healing and the full benefit of God's wisdom if he didn't have people around him saying, Come on, you can do this. It's absolutely the same for you and I. Don't go it alone. Proverbs 24, 3 7. By wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it's established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all pleasant and precious riches. A wise man is full of strength. And a man of knowledge enhances his might. For by wise guidance you can wage your war. And in abundance of counsellors there is victory. You need other people to have wisdom. I love that phrase. For by wise guidance you can wage your war. And the thing is your war is different than mine. And my war today is different than it was six months ago. And I need wisdom. And with wise guidance and abundance of counsellors there is victory. So You have to have people that you're going to do life with, that you're going to bounce ideas off. Say, hey, I feel like maybe God's telling me to do this. What do you think? But ultimately, wisdom is is you hearing what the Lord's saying and doing that wholeheartedly, whether it looks entirely reasonable, and I rejoice in those days, or whether it feels like my flesh is burning, this feels so foolish. But that's still sometimes the wisdom of God. So I want to challenge us. I want to encourage us. Um, I want to challenge us to pursue wisdom, and actually say, you know what, we need to think. There's nothing in the Bible to say, chuck your brain out, don't think. Um, but we need to pursue and be intentional about going after wisdom. But I want to encourage us with a promise. You know, God is faithful. He said, if you need wisdom, just ask. And he'll give it to us. Um, if you need wisdom, then ask. And I think it's specific wisdom. It's practical wisdom for what is in front of you right now. But the start-off point is, listen, where are we positioned before Lord. Are you ready to have God's wisdom? It's not a matter of brain power. It's a matter of heart surrender. So why don't you stand? Let's pray for each other. Lord, let's pray. Father, I want to thank you um, that you do give wisdom and you promise to give wisdom. And from your mouth comes knowledge and understanding. And Father, I want to thank you that that is accessible and available for every single person here. So God, we ask that you would make us a wise people. Lord, we love being part of your church and we want to be those people that, um, Lord, you want to display your immensely varied wisdom to the world through us, through how we do life, through how we raise our kids, how we do our marriage, how we manage our finances, how we walk in the supernatural, how we step out in boldness. God, we, we want to display your wonderful wisdom and we want to walk in wisdom. God, I pray for each person here that you would teach us to cherish wisdom to embrace wisdom. And God, we well, thank you that there's such a beautiful promise that we would be exalted and honoured, we be given a glorious crown as we walk in wisdom. So Father, we want to come, like James invited us to, and say, um, we need wisdom. And so we ask for it, God. And I really feel like there's, um, there's an opportunity here. There's some of you, who, are, like, there's, there's a specific thing that jumps into your mind. It's like, this is the thing and I don't know what to do about it. Um, God wants to give you wisdom for that. Might be financial, might be health, might be relational, might be spiritual. Um, I don't know. But just ask God, what should I do? God, give me your perspective. Give me your wisdom, God. And no, guys, sometimes it costs us. Sometimes it really requires humility. It requires us to really lean into the Holy Spirit and really lean into community with other people and submit our decisions. Say, so, hey, what do you think? So, Father, I just pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and just bring, like, downloads from heaven? Show us what to do, God. I thank you, God, that you're so faithful and you're so kind. And, God, our our choice again this morning is to... um, position ourselves before you and say you're God and I'm not but I so love being your child and I want to submit my life into your hands again and say God I trust you God give us that healthy fear of the Lord to enable us to walk in amazing wisdom Lord we surrender our hearts our lives again to you We well, thank you for your presence with us, God. Thank you, that, um, thank you that you go with us. And thank you, God, that people are going to walk into this week with amazing wisdom. You're, some of you are going to walk into work and you're suddenly going to have the answer. You're suddenly going to, have to figure out what it is you need to do in a certain situation. And people are going to say, where did you get that from? You can point to the Lord, his rich and varied wisdom. Some of you are suddenly going to get, ah, that's how I can get that connection with my child again. Some of you are going to suddenly think, ah, that's how I maybe can reconnect in marriage. I feel like God's got specific wisdom and you just have amazing times this week where you're just suddenly like, ah, I know what to do. So Father, bless each person as they go. Thank you that you walk with us. Thank you that you are our covering. Thank you that you're a shield before us and that you go behind us and that nothing can separate us for your amazing, amazing love. So we love you, God. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Awesome prayer team, if you want to just make yourself available over to my left, your right. If you're here this morning you'd love someone just to stand with you, maybe there is that one thing that you've come here with and you just really need um, to hear the Lord on and you need breakthrough on, we'd love um, the opportunity just to stand with you and pray with you and invite God right into the middle of that situation. So the prayer team uh, who uh, will be over here would love to stand with you, pray with you. If you're sick this morning, we want to again pray for you um other than that um please do stick around uh our info point will be open the guest lounge will be available come and grab your free gift if you're here for the very first time um be around for next week. Yeah, Maybe think about somebody you could invite. A couple of people you can invite. We're really excited about having Banning, who um, is such a close family friend of this community. He is really pouring into us. And as part of the Jesus Culture family of churches, which there are two, one here and one in Sacramento, it's, it's amazing that we get the opportunity to have Banning come and share and speak to us. So be here next week. <clears throat> think about somebody who you want to invite, bring along. Um, but other than that, have an amazing week, and we look forward to seeing you. Very, very soon. Bless you guys.